Good morning. We ended last worship service with everyone visiting, and we begin this worship service a week later with everyone visiting. Congratulations. Uh, I think that's marvelous. I do have a few announcements for you before we begin, though. Uh, first of all, you'll see Phil is not here. He has this Sunday off. He's not ill or anything. Um, he simply has this Sunday off. I do want to thank Rilla Stone, if we could. She's going to be playing organ for us this morning. Uh, we're so grateful for her uh, visiting with us and playing this morning. Thank you, Rilla. It's going to be wonderful. Also, uh, there was no pastor class today, just to tell you, uh, but Phil begins a new pastor class next Sunday. It's called How to Read the Bible, and he'll be co-teaching it with Sarah Putnam, from uh, the owner of Bookish. And so they're going to be looking at the different literary genres that we find in the Bible and where we find those literary genres in other texts and how that helps us sort of read them even better on uh, understanding the genre that they bring to us. So that will begin next Sunday at 10 a.m. on the third floor if you would like to attend. Also, uh, Phil and I will be away this week, but just Monday to Friday. Uh, so we will be with you again next Sunday. But if you send an email, uh, we may not uh, receive it right away. Uh, but we will get to it as soon as we can. It is stewardship season, uh, and so you will be receiving your stewardship materials in the mail. Um, I hope you'll read those over very carefully. Um, this church is a very uh, generous ch church. I have allergies. Uh, raise your hand if you have these <laughs> that make your voice go very low. So uh, you will be receiving those in the mail this week. Please look for those. Also, it is not too early to start shopping for Christmas store. Uh, we've been told, of course, that there may be supply chain issues. So if you would like to give to the Christmas store, um, please start looking now. And finally, <laughs> and I'm going to get water for this, um, I must tell you, uh, thank you so much uh, from Phil and myself uh, for all of you who were able to be at the Bakery District last week or watched it live streamed on our website. Um, you really got us. Uh, we had no clue, and I find it both uh, exhilarating and horrifying how good you were at keeping a secret. Um, so good job, everyone, and uh, very impressive, and we just... We are astounded and overwhelmed and really grateful. Uh, and I want to thank you uh, now standing in front of you. So thank you so much. And it was a wonderful day. Uh, and we will continue um, in that beauty and in that worshipfulness with our worship today. Let's worship God.
Our call to worship comes from Psalm 19. The heavens are telling the glory of God, and the firmament proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours forth speech, and night to night declares knowledge. There is no speech, nor are there words. Their voice is not heard, yet their voice goes out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Let us pray. Lord, you are our rock and our redeemer. You are the word that calls to us from across generations. We pray that in this time of worship, we would give all glory and praise to you, and that we would open our hearts and minds, our ears, our eyes, for the working of your Holy Spirit. Be present among us in our worship, we pray. It is in Jesus' name that we ask it. Amen. of God's amazing love is simply this, that while we were still sinners, still deep in our sin, Christ died for us. And then he rose for us, 
He reigns in power for us even now. He prays for you and for me. And so it is with confidence that we confess before our Lord and before one another. Please join me in our prayer of confession, printed in your bulletin. Lord Jesus, the most important thing we have in our lives is the opportunity to follow you, to know you more deeply, to love you more completely. Forgive us when we set other priorities, when our egos or our greed come first. Help us to use this time of worship to reset our priorities, for we want our lives to be faithful and true. We want our lives to be abundant as we continue to follow you. It is in your name that we pray. Amen. I share with you again the good news of Jesus Christ, for who is in a position to condemn you? It is only Christ. And Christ died for you, rose for you, reigns in power for you, prays for you. Anyone who is in him, you are a new creation. The old life is gone and the new has come. Know that you are forgiven. And now be people of peace. Amen. Let's sing to God's glory. scriptures today we are back in Mark's gospel we are right at the center of it and so first I will read from Mark and then second Hebrews as we prepare our hearts for those readings let us pray Lord it is your word that is a lamp to our feet it is your word that is a light to our path. We pray that as we hear your word read and proclaimed that we would follow again the way you set for us. It is in your name that we pray. Amen. As I said, this is right in the center of Mark. So far, Jesus' ministry has mostly been in Galilee. And now he has headed 25 or 30 miles from Galilee, which is far if you are walking it, uh, and then has an exchange with his disciples. This exchange has become famous. Jesus went on with his disciples to the villages of Caesarea Philippi, and on the way he asked his disciples, who do people say that I am? And they answered him, John the Baptist and others, Elijah, and still others, one of the prophets. Jesus asked them, but who do you say that I am? Peter answered him, you are the Messiah. 
and Jesus sternly ordered them not to tell anyone about him. Then Jesus began to teach them that the Son of Man must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and after three days, rise again. He said all this quite openly, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But Peter, but Jesus, turning and looking at his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. Jesus called the crowd with his disciples, and he said to them, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. For what profit, what will it profit them to gain the whole world and forfeit their life? Indeed, what can they give in return for their life? And then from Hebrews chapter 13. We read this. Remember your leaders, those who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their faith, of their way of life, and imitate them. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. This is the word of the Lord. At the beginning of this passage, you would be forgiven for assuming that this sounds a lot like a staff meeting for a politician's campaign. It sounds a lot like a check-in when you're mid-campaign and you're traveling everywhere and then the politician running for office wants to know where they stand. That's what it sounds like at first. You know, Jesus says to the disciples, he says, what are people saying about me? Who are they saying I am? And it does, it it sounds a lot like he's saying, you know, what are my poll numbers? (laughs) But where am I trending well? Where are my weaknesses? It would sound like that if he hadn't continued. And, And if that's all Jesus had asked, I dare say we wouldn't even know about this conversation today. Because that is, that that's a politician checking in on their standing. But that's not what Jesus is interested in here. He asks about the crowds. But the main question he has comes next. He says, well, what do you say about me? This shift from those out there to me in here, it's demanded of our faith all the time. It only gets us so far to know what other people say and believe. What do you say? What do you believe? I remember a story that Father Mike at Immaculate Conception Church. Here? Oh, gosh. (laughs) Here. (laughs) Don't road trip with me. Father John told this wonderful story several Lenten seasons ago at our joint worship services, and I have never forgotten it. It was set uh, in an English countryside town many generations ago. They were having a dinner party, as the way he told it, and to the dinner party they invited a very famous orator of the time. 
and during dinner everyone was having a marvelous time and, and they were asking him to recite speeches he'd memorized and poems he knew and, and other people would stand up and, and share as well and they were just mesmerized by his voice and his presence. And then as the night went on, uh, a, an old, old woman stood up sort of at the back of the dinner party and she said, you have recited so much for us tonight. Would you also recite Psalm 23? And he said to her, I will recite it if you then, when I'm finished, will recite it as well. And she agreed. And so apparently he stood and he started reciting that famous psalm and the whole crowd was just enthralled with him. His diction was perfect, his presence mighty, his voice booming, you know, and many applause after he was done. And then the old woman stood up and her voice was creaky and her presence unimpressive. And she began to recite from memory, the Lord is my shepherd, she said, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. And apparently the room fell silent. And so by the time she finished the psalm, you could have heard a pin drop as she said, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. As they were walking out of the dinner party, one of the friends of the orator, he pulled him aside and he said, what happened in there? He said, you know, I am your friend, and I think you are so talented, and, and your voice was mesmerizing, and we loved it, but I was far more moved by her recitation of it. Why? Why was that? And it is said that the famous orator looked at his friend, and he said, it's because I know the words, but she knows the shepherd, and that makes all the difference. We know the words. We hear them every week here in worship, but do we know the shepherd? Every generation, every life has to answer that question for themselves. Who do you say that I am? Not someone else, not your ancestors, not those who came before, but who do you say? We just celebrated, of course, this marvelous 175th anniversary. It's wonderful. I, I was telling Phil this morning, this Sunday may feel like the Sunday after Easter for all of us. You know, you have Easter and it's huge. And then, But I love the Sunday after Easter because it's all the insiders who are here the Sunday after Easter. And it was marvelous to celebrate. And at its core, what we were celebrating is that People for 175 years strive to answer that question for themselves and for their time. Who do you say that I am? And they did that for their time. And that's what we celebrated. And now we step into the question for ourselves, for our congregation, for our time. Who do you say that I am? He asks us. When Peter's time came, I'm always so proud of Peter when something goes well for him because so often it doesn't go well for Peter. 
But he really gets a gold star in this moment. When he is asked that question, Jesus says, but who do you say? I am Peter. He answers as honestly as his heart could. He says, you are the Christ. You are the Messiah. And it's as if, you know, the music swells and our hearts are full for him, for this moment. It is the pivot point in the entire Gospel of Mark. This is it. Peter got it right. He knows the shepherd. And then within mere moments, we learn the consequences of Jesus' title. We learn the consequences of knowing the shepherd deeply. Because within moments, I read to you, Peter is pulling Jesus off to the side to rebuke him, to tell him to shove off. Because what he hears Peter saying, it doesn't feel very Christ-like. It doesn't feel very Messiah-like, what Jesus is talking about. He's talking about suffering and dying and the necessity of both of those things in his life. And Peter doesn't like it. Peter has given the great faith statement of all time. You are the Christ. But he still doesn't understand what it means. To put it succinctly, when he says Jesus is the Christ, what that means is Jesus is in charge. And so that means that if, if Jesus begins to shift what you believe about power, then that has to shift. And if Jesus begins to work on you in your life and he shifts how you face suffering, then you shift how you face suffering. And if, because of the work of Jesus, you change your mind about God's will, then you change your mind about God's will because he is the Christ. And he is in charge. To confess that is to confess that he is who he is. That does not change. And so to know him, to really know him, is to not be his colleague or a team member, not even his equal. It's to be his follower. It's to be behind him. That's what it is to know him. He is the Christ. We are the followers. I brought something to show you today. Hold on.
think about that for the life of our congregation. You know, Stuart mentioned it on Sunday. Uh, the way he put it was, we're going to have to learn to fish in different waters, right? What you could also say is we're going to have to walk new paths. And we will not know every step on them. But is the second reason still enough? That we trust the shepherd. We trust and love him enough that we will hold our spot in the line and go. We know the words. We know them. We know the words in this interchange between Jesus and Peter that day. We know the words, but do we know the shepherd? Because knowing him, it makes all the difference. Amen. In our prayers today, um, I'm assuming most of you have received the email from the church um, or know in some other fashion, uh, but I, I need to announce to you uh, that Barry and Jenny Law are getting divorced. And um, that means that Barry's last Sunday with us will be October 31st. Uh, he has requested no reception. Uh, what he would very much uh, want from each of you is he said, I would love to re receive cards and notes. And so we will be having baskets at all of the entrances starting next week. Uh, so you'll have two weeks if you would like to write him a note, uh, send him a card. Uh, we will be collecting those. Um, this is, of course, quite a sadness uh, for their family and for our church family. Barry was uh, 10 hours a week uh, with us as our choir director. Jenny is full-time. So while we will not be seeing a significant change in the life of the, in the practical life of the church, uh, I know you will want to keep them in your prayers and their children in your prayers uh, as we move forward. Um, if this is the first time some of you are hearing that, I, I'm sorry. Uh, but I know we will want to pray for them. Also, I have received a message from Rob Goodfellow that he would really uh, covet prayers for his friend, Rod Frizzell, whose mother is on life support in Dallas, and Rod left in the night uh, to try to make it to her in time to see her. So uh, we will include Rod Frizzell and his mother in our prayers as well. Let us pray. Lord, we want to follow you with our whole lives, with all our words, with all our actions, with all our thoughts. We need you to remind us of our place. And so we begin our prayers today asking for that. Remind us of our place, O oh Lord, as followers of you. We pray that you would instill in us the trust and the love 
and the courage that it takes to follow. We pray this day for this beautiful world which you have created. We pray for the four corners of it that we will not ever visit names we will not know, but we know you know them. And so those places that are dealing with poverty, with war and violence, with disease, Lord, we offer our prayers and we ask you to hear us as we pray. We pray for those closer to home whose names and situations we know well. We pray today for the laws, for their children, for their extended family, for this church family. We pray that in these coming days, you will walk with them on these new paths. We pray for Rod Frizzell and for his mother. We give thanks for the gift of life and we lift up Rod now in his grief. And we offer to you particular people, particular situations, both aloud and in the silence of our hearts. Hear our prayers. Lord, as your followers, we even pray for ourselves. We know that we cannot leave this place carrying the name of Christian without your work, without your presence, without your constant shaping and reshaping of us. So continue your work on us this day, we pray. Strengthen us where we are weak. Fill us with faith where we have doubt, and renew in us the goodness of your Son, Jesus. It is in his name that we offer this prayer, and together we pray as he taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We do not pass the plates at this time. There is a basket by the lectern if you would like to give an offering uh, following worship. And there is also a way to give at each entrance if you never carry cash. For now, our music will continue our offering to the glory of God.
Let us pray. Lord, for the gifts you have given to each of us, we give you thanks. We offer back but a portion of all that you give. For the lives you have given us, we give you thanks, and we return them fully and completely to you. The gifts you have given us, may we use in your name. The blessings you have instilled in us, May we share in the building up of your kingdom. It is in your name that we pray and together say, Amen.
I charge you with the prophet Micah's charge when he says, what does the Lord require of you? But to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. And now may the Lord bless you and may the Lord keep you. May the Lord's face shine upon you and give you his peace now and forevermore. Amen. The peace of Christ be with you. Greet one another in his name.